respond to the question about the sharing on Facebook? Live on uh, YouTube. Great. And recording is on. Okay, so um, hi everyone uh, and welcome to this uh, very special um, uh, International Manifesto Group webinar where we are uh, gathering to remember uh, Chris Matlako. Um, my name is Radhika Desai and I'm the convener of the International Manifesto Group. Um, the details of Chris's life as a man, intellectual, revolutionary, socialist, anti-imperialist, peace activist, and lifelong fighter against apartheid, looking at the world from the perspective of South Africa, the rest of Africa, um, uh, the third world, um, member and office bearer of the ANC and SACP and several other organizations, and last but not least, a friend of the International Manifesto Group since its founding. Um, these details will be covered by our speakers here. I just want to recall how important he was to us at the International Manifesto Group uh, in our brief life so far and how lucky we were to have him with us in what turned out to be the last few years of his life. For us, um, Chris understood what we were about, uh, understood our manifesto and our stance. He always hit the right note, whether on China or NATO or Russia, and of course, above all, on Africa and the third world. We thought of him as a true comrade um, and a true internationalist. Um, his, his work was embodied and animated in the ideas put forward in our manifesto, unity of the global working class, defense of socialist countries, shared struggle against imperialism and towards a multipolar world. That is to say, a world which was multipolar and pluripolar and on its way to socialism. He was one of the first supporters of our manifesto. We were also amazed that he was never too important to accept a request to speak, uh, even though he had many demands on his time. I remember on one occasion he responded uh, 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 by saying initially that he was too ill, but then he said, uh, actually, I'm now very well. I'm fully recovered and I'm going to participate in your in your pro uh, in the program that we had asked him to participate in. Um, perhaps uh, I, I can't do much better than end my opening remarks by quoting his email signature. He always had this quote by Samora Marshall, the first president of the of independent Mozambique, in his emails. Uh, it says, international solidarity is not an act of charity. It is an act of unity between allies fighting on different terrains towards the same objective. The foremost of these objectives is to aid the development of humanity at the highest level possible. So uh, welcome again to all of you. Um, and also I'd like to give a special welcome to uh, Chris's family, who I believe have also joined us. So thank you very much for coming. And uh, we will uh, have a number of people who are, will be speaking. Um, just one minute and I want to make sure of the order of speakers. Um, yeah, so our first speaker today, I will introduce each speaker as we go along. And at the end, we will have some time for uh, for people to make comments uh, from, from the floor if people would like to express any uh, sentiments and, and memories uh, and recollections of, of, uh, of uh, Chris. Um, okay, so our first speaker then will be Vijay Prashad. And Vijay is, as 
most of you probably know, executive director of the Tricontinental, uh, roving reporter, and many other things besides. So please go ahead, Vijay. Yeah, thanks a lot, Radhika. Um, you know, he, he was always a comrade Che to me. Um, we had worked together in the Cuba Solidarity work. Uh, we had worked together in many international campaigns and so on. Spent a lot of good times with him in South Africa. Um, Chris, or Comrade Che, was from the Northern Cape. A pretty terrific uh, history in the anti-apartheid movement. He had been a student activist. Um, he was known as stone thrower <laughs> in his own movement because of his uh, pretty belligerent anti-apartheid sensibility and and um, and history fighting against that wretched regime in South Africa. Um, you know, when I got to know him about maybe 10, 15 years ago, uh, he, you know, the general discussions and debates were frequently around the question of the South African Communist Party, uh, its role that it was playing in post-apartheid South Africa the question of the alliance was always a forefront on on Comrade Che's mind to keep thinking deeply about the nature of the alliance, what it meant, uh, what it meant for not only the South African Communist Party, but also the working class and peasantry in South Africa. But Comrade Che was not only invested in the struggle in South Africa, I think it's important, we don't forget that he was uh, a key figure in the student movement against apartheid. Shouldn't forget that. But also Comrade Che was much more than um, his native South Africa. He was a Pan-Africanist, for instance. Um, one of the times we spent in um, out just outside Johannesburg talking about the Pan-African struggle, the nature of the struggle on the African continent. Um, you know, we were de- deploring the collapse of so many of the the movements on the continent and the importance of rebuilding um, the platforms and struggles of Pan-Africanism. But more than anything else, Comrade Che was an internationalist. I mean, his name itself, Che, uh, his role in the Friends of Cuba uh, in South Africa, um, his commitment to that island, which has been uh, attacked so, you know, ruthlessly, by and, and wretchedly by the United States government, um, Comrade Che was always carrying the banner uh, of the Cuban Revolution high aloft in the sky, uh, beside the banner of of socialist, a future socialist South Africa. These were equivalent banners for him. Uh, you know, this was not somebody for whom internationalism was merely a, um, you know, a, a, a kind of sentimental matter. It had a material character. Uh, a very much material character because Comrade Che fought within his party, within the alliance in South Africa with the government to provide real material, tangible material support uh, for the Cuban revolution at a time when it is struggling to survive. Uh, A most elegant and distinguished man, um, very much a thinking person. In fact, uh, the book of his writings, collection of his writings is called Thinking Che. Uh, because he was always thinking Che. Uh, he was not one to um, mutter platitudes, but was interested. Get beneath um, the you know the surface of reality. I'm talking to you from China. In the last few years, um, 
we spent a lot of time talking about China, discussing China even after he began to fall ill in 2019. He was interested. What are the key developments in China? How to understand it? Um, we, I used to play with him with the phrase from Deng Xiaoping, you know, build from facts, build the uh, correct path. Um, you know, what are the facts? Uh, it bothered him, bothers me that in a country like South Africa, um, facts are irre- irrelevant when it comes to China. Um, it's the sort of uh, modalities of, of Western hallucination, one after the other. You know, if it's not this problem in, in, in China or in the Asian region, it's another, you know, uh, jumping from one stereotype to the next. And there he was saying, well, what are the facts? Um, I, you know, I'm sorry that I can't see him in, in July when I'm in Johannesburg and say, hey, listen, Comrade Che, these are the facts. Um, I was just in, in Beijing, in Shanghai. I'm in southern China. Look at the things I'm seeing in rural revitalization. It's a struggle, Comrade Che. It's not easy. There are so many neoliberals in China, it would make your head spin. Uh, there are more neoliberals in China than in many, that make up the entire population of many countries. Makes your head spin, you know, Comrade Che. It's not so easy. It's not a straight line to build socialism. Zigs and zags, zigs and zags. It's great to be here, friends, to remember our friend, Comrade Che, great guy. Um, thinking about him a lot. I'm glad that we're holding this place to reminiscence and, and, and talk about him. A very fine man, a great communist, lifting up the red flag. Red salute to my comrade, Comrade Che. Radhika, you're muted. Uh, thank you so much, Vijay. That was a really a great start to our uh, memories of 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 Jay Fris Matlako. I'd just like to note before going on to the next speaker that the South African Communist Party Provincial Secretary and lifelong friend of Chris Matlako is here with us as well, Dr. Uh, comrade Dr. Norman Shushu. So welcome. And we'd also like to say, uh, Dr. Shushu, that if you'd like to say something, a, a few words uh, later on, that would be wonderful. Um, okay, so uh, I'd like to uh, take us now on to our next speaker. And that will now, uh, our next speaker was going to be Camilla Escalante, but um, she's suffering from uh, sunstroke and, 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 and very sore throat. So we are going to, she's here, she's joined us, but she can't uh, speak. So I'm going to go to our next speaker, Kenny Coyle. Um, Kenny Coyle uh, is the founder of Praxis Press, publisher of books on Marxism and socialist history. He's based in the Philippines and has also lived in uh, Hong Kong and Macau for nearly 20 years. He's the author of China's New Era and What It Means and is a regular contributor to the Morning Star newspaper. He was also formerly the International Secretary of the Communist Party of, of Britain. So, Kenny, please go ahead. Uh, well, comrades, um, I hope you can hear me clearly. Um, thank you very much indeed for the chance to uh, allow me to pay my own personal tribute to Chris. Um, I met Chris a few years ago. I say a few years ago because in my memory, it seemed as if it was only four or five years ago. But as I was going through my notes and going through some 
contributions that Chris had made, I realized it was actually back in uh, 2010. So it was 13 years ago when I had the great uh, privilege of meeting Chris and talking to him in London at an event he was speaking at. It was organized by the Communist Party. Uh, we called it the Communist University of Britain, and it was a, uh, a session that he and some other comrades uh, had um, made presentations to. And I actually found the video of it, which I'll share later. I'm not sure if comrades or family are aware of this particular presentation, but I'm very happy to share it later. Um, and he spoke uh, brilliantly, as I think he always did, on the relationship between internationalism and anti-imperialism, and specifically the relationship of British imperialism and the African continent, not just South Africa, but more broadly. One of the things that really struck me about Chris's presentation, as it has always struck me about comrades from uh, South Africa, is the ability to bring a very controlled passion about the struggle, the liberation struggle. Given the, the the hatred, the animosity that was directed against the black majority in South Africa, it always struck me as quite incredible to listen to uh, black South African communists and liberation movement activists and to hear a, a very, I don't want to use the word dispassionate because it wasn't dispassionate. It was deeply passionate, but it was also deeply intellectual, deeply committed, uh, deeply analytical. And watching Chris's many, many uh, contributions on, on YouTube and different things which have been organized by um, uh, the International Manifesto Group and, and other forces, you see this come through time and time again, this very, very uh, important combination of revolutionary activism and revolutionary conscience and revolutionary consciousness. And that's really quite, quite remarkable. So Chris's um, contribution on that day, as I said, was primarily about connecting the struggles uh, within South Africa, uh, within the African continent and the global uh, struggles against imperialism. And afterwards I had a, uh, the great opportunity to have a chat with with Chris at that time I was living in 2010 I was still living in Hong Kong so I was um chatting to him quite extensively about uh China and this was uh you know as I said 13 years ago so VJ's remarks are absolutely uh on point here he was very very um engaged in the struggle uh for uh, understanding how China's role in Africa was being uh, misrepresented and how uh, the liberation movements in the broadest sense could make use of China's engagement with the uh, the African continent, both in terms of trade and also uh, more broadly speaking in terms of its uh, China's role in uh, limiting the, the possibilities of US and Western imperialism. Um, uh, continuing to, to have a grip on the African continent. So that's my memory, really, of, of Chris. It was a wonderful opportunity to hear, as I said, a, a great revolutionary 
brain at work, someone who had been through uh, such an important struggle in his own country, in his own uh, youth and student times, and to hear him still have that tremendous commitment to the struggle for socialism and for anti-imperialism and internationalism. And I'm, I'm very, very happy to have the chance to, to make my own personal uh, uh, tribute to him today. And I will share the, the link with, uh, with Chris later. So thank you very much. Uh, great, Kenny. Thank you very much um, for that. Um, and I see that Ajamu is here, so we will uh, go to Ajamu, who should have gone first. So Ajamu, um, let me just quickly introduce you. Ajamu Baraka is national organizer of the Black Alliance for Peace, and he was also the 2016 candidate for vice president on the Green Party ticket. So Ajamu, please go ahead. Thank you. Thank you so much, and please accept my apologies for um, we've been having some Connection issues here in Colombia. Uh, I was really, really concerned that I would not get on, but uh, I'm here and I'm glad to be here to be able to lend my voice, uh, to this, um, tremendous tribute to, uh, an outstanding, uh, comrade, someone that clearly we all loved and respected, admired. Um, you know, folks, it's, it's, it is sort of a, a with a heavy heart, not just because of the loss, but the loss of so many comrades these last few years. And I was so looking forward to a new chapter in uh, my personal relationship with Comrade Che uh, in terms of some work that was being planned for South Africa. Um, right now, um, as of today, we have the vice president of Colombia who is in South Africa, uh, hosted by, uh, my partner who is the newly appointed, uh, ambassador from Colombia to South Africa. Uh, and it was part, this is part of the, of this connection that Che understood so clearly that we needed to make and cultivate, develop. And that is that connection of of, of, of Latin America and the African continent and specifically the closer ties of African people in these two regions. Uh, he was very much looking forward to assisting with that process. And it is really, really, uh, I told my partner all about, uh, Che, uh, even described his sort of deliberate deliberative sort of way in which he presented ideals. You hardly ever saw him get flustered. Um, but that comes from a life of a struggle, a life of having to deal with people um, in real human encounters where uh, uh, an understanding um, of differences uh, is primary. Um, we're going to miss Comrade Jay, we are going to continue to uphold his memory and the work that he so championed, not just, of course, in South Africa, but globally. He understood uh, the importance of the issue of peace and development. Um, we remember the role he played in the gathering uh, that um, uh, Comrade Bauman and others organized uh, in Ireland. 
when we we built the uh uh international uh coalition to eliminate uh, US and NATO bases um and, but and that gathering was just another um example of the kind of contributions he made there and contributions he has made as part of his his life of struggle and service so uh it's with a heavy heart that we join uh but uh, it's also with a sense of dedication that we uh will remember uh and we will continue the work uh that he so championed to transform this world and to make it a place where we all can live in fundamental dignity so we say long long live brother che long live struggle long live the fight for revolutionary transformation thank you Thanks very much, uh, Ajamu. Um, our next speaker will be Arnold August. Arnold is a Montreal-based author and journalist who has written several books on Cuba uh, and Cuba-U.S. relations, um, and, uh, and and won many awards for his uh, for his journalism, both in North and South America, in Europe, and the Middle East. So, um, Arnold, please go ahead. Thank you for inviting me in order to provide me with an opportunity to lend my voice with those of all the other distinguished panelists regarding Comrade Che. Comrade Che, as he's affectionately, affectionately known by many in South Africa and abroad, among his lifelong attributes embody, embodies a forever ongoing relationship forged in blood between Africa and Cuba. On November 5th, 1975, Cuba reached its decision to intervene in Angola and wage a war in alliance with the Angolan revolutionaries against the U.S.-backed apartheid regime, known as Operation Carlota. On another such November 5th in 1843, as Colombian Garcia Marquez wrote, a slave in Cuba called Black Carlota working on a plantation in the Matanzas region of Cuba, had taken up her machete at the head of a slave rebellion in which she lost her life. It was an homage to her that the solidarity action in Angola bore her name, Operation Carlota. It was led by Fidel Castro, who knew all the details of the war. During the almost 16 years that Operation Carlota lasted, 337,000 Cuban soldiers and some 50,000 civilians collaborators carried out an international mission there, and 2,077 of these Cubans lost their lives in this struggle. The emblematic Battle of Cueto Cuana Valley finally paved the way for the fall of the racist regime of the white minority in South Africa, which soon after was forced to legalize and start negotiations with the African National Congress and freest leader Nelson Mandela in February 1990. The segregationist laws would finally be repealed on June 17, 1991, definitely abolishing the oppressive, oppressive system of the South African people. Thus, Kamachi and the organizations ANC, CPSA, and the people dramatically erupted 
on the African continent and the world scale from being downtrodden, viciously persecuted, and assassinated majority to partaking of political power in South Africa. This eternal debt that South Africa and indeed all of Africa owes to Cuba, even though Cuba never desired such praise, was paid back in many ways by Che himself. One of these ways he did so was his life and work of Kama Che. Firstly, he fully participated in a new South African political power by making sure that the Cuban Angolan heroic war legacy remains in power and further develops. Secondly, the South African Cuban solidarity organization that he headed carried out valuable work in support of Cuba. Allow me to uh, uh, say one thing. Uh, the the His organization, solidarity organization, said Comrade Che will always be remembered as an outstanding intellectual revolutionary and internationalist for, for which he was admired and respected. He was particularly admired and respected by the people of Cuba for his consistent participation and leadership of South Africa and African-Cuban solidarity. Material aid. Yes, they also carried out a lot of work on material aid, but also very important on key political issues in the defense of Cuba. For example, the July 11th uh, color revolution attempts by the U.S. and its uh, allies. They issued a very strong statement on that, saying the uh, South Africa salutes the heroic people of Cuba and the Cuban revolution that despite the genocidal blockade, during all of these decades, is able to guarantee universal access to high standards of free medical care, education, social security, sports, music, and culture, and also produce important vaccines to roll back the impact of the coronavirus. They continue, we are express our unflinching solidarity with the Cuban revolution, the Cuban socialist state, and the people of Cuba. I asked, I just got a, a comment by, uh, for this uh, panel today from Fernando Gonzalez, who's the head of the ECAP, the Cuba Friendship Association. He himself was also a, one of the many, um, uh, fighters in Angola. Uh, this is what their message is, which also applies to us here. Dear brothers and sisters of the South African Cuban Friendship Society, with deep consultation, we received the sad news of the physical disappearance of the great friend of Cuba, Chris Matiapu, to his family and friends, our most sincere condolences. I would just like to close uh, just one last minute. And that is, Comrade Che, he was a communist right from the beginning of that struggle. And at a time today, in the context of the uh, Russian special military opposition, opposition and the war there, there was an unprecedented political, cultural, ideological war against communism, against communists. But Comrade Che, he remained a communist right to the last second of his day. Thank you very much. That was a lovely honor. Thank you very much uh, for also reminding us of that aspect of his work. Um, our next speaker is uh, Margaret Kimberly. Uh, Margaret, as you know, uh, probably all very well know, is a, a executive editor and senior columnist at Black Agenda Report, and she currently hosts the Black Agenda Radio podcast. Margaret, please go ahead. Thank you so much, Radhika. 
Greetings, everyone, and thank you all for joining us as we pay tribute to Chris Che Matlaco, a comrade and friend. I first met him in 2018 at the first international conference against U.S. NATO military bases, which was held in Dublin, Ireland. I chaired a panel on U.S. Africa Command, AFRICOM, and Chris was a participant, along with Paul Pumphrey and Anna Tambo. It was my first encounter and only in-person encounter with him, but it was very meaningful to me. It played an important role as I learned more and more about internationalism, especially as it pertains to Africa. This is a, a small portion of Chris's remarks for that panel. Quote, there are U.S. bases, compounds, port facilities, and fuel burners in 34 African countries, including in regional hegemons, Kenya, Ethiopia, and Algeria, under the guise of countering terrorist, terrorism. And through joint partnerships, Washington has infiltrated continental security organizations and has touted the idea of establishing on-the-ground liaison offices. American military officials and policymakers view the continent as a full-scale battlefield in the competition against China and through promoting regionalism. U.S. officials are successfully uh, circumventing continental institutions, including the African Union, unquote. Some of that has changed, most obviously in the relationship with Ethiopia, but Chris was spot on in his analysis of what is happening on the African continent as a result of U.S. interference and its imperialist in imperatives there. It was a great pleasure meeting him and learning more about the activities of the South African Communist Party. And South Africa is a nation which threw off its racist apartheid system only to be captured by capitalist interests. This story is frankly rather tragic, one in which Cuba in particular played a huge role in freeing it from apartheid, but it nonetheless succumbed to international pressures. And we cannot remember Comrade Che Matlako without acknowledging the work of the South, Afri South African Communist Party and others who struggle to regain the liberation that comes through socialism. I'm also proud to be here on behalf of Black Agenda Report. We've been <laughs> presenting news and analysis from a Black left perspective since 2006. It's very strange in this country, the U.S., that is so right-wing that the word left has lost a lot of its meaning, and conservative Democrats who are pro-war, pro-imperialist, and capitalist manage to call themselves the left. But at Black Agenda Report, we know that means socialist. And as such, we make clear our connections, that is to say that of the African diaspora and the absolute necessity of connecting with the socialist world and stating clearly that that is the solution of the plethora of problems faced by African people around the world. I also knew Comrade Che through my work with the Black Alliance for Peace. Uh, he was a member of our U.S. Out of Africa Network Steering Committee, which is the formation which guides our anti-Africom work. He was very committed in that regard as we managed a variety of nations and time zones to come together to discuss our work. The Black Alliance for Peace is, I think, the chief formation in the U.S. and also very important internationally in mobilizing against the U.S. Africa Command, AFRICOM, and all of the U.S. military commands which attempt to exercise hegemony around the world. 
we USians are all uh, very much underprivileged, a word most often used to describe low-income people, but it applies to us all unless we strive to learn more because our country is so retrograde and works very hard to keep people here ignorant of the rest of the world and of the role in of this state we live under in maintaining imperialist domination. That is doubly true of Black African people, that there is a, st- a sustained effort to keep us separated from and ignorant of the struggles of African people internationally. That is why it was so important for me to travel to Dublin or anywhere else where we engage in educational work. I was deeply saddened to hear of Comrade Chase passing. He was young, younger than I am, and had so much more to accomplish. But we're all here today in this meeting and around the world actively working to make real his hopes and dreams. And we are all dreamers, are we not? And we must be in bringing true justice to South Africa and to people all over the world. Chris Che Matlako, presente. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, uh, Margaret. Now, I'd like to ask if uh, our comrade Clinton's, uh, oh, sorry, no, I, I know he's not here. So I will go to the next speaker, uh, and that will be Elias Jabor. Uh, Elias is adjunct professor at the Faculty of Economic Sciences, postgraduate pro- uh, programs in economic sciences and international relations at the uh, State University of uh, Rio de Janeiro. He's also co-author of Socialist Economic Development in the 21st Century. So, Elias, please go ahead. Um, Elias, are you here? Uh, he's here. I am so sorry. Yeah, no worries. Thank you for, thank you, Rajika. Thank you for, thanks for, thank you for invitation. Uh, I was very honored and moved to be invited to speak a little about this great comrade, comrade who left us, Chris Matalaco. I will confess that it's not easy to separate the great leader of the communist part of South, of South Africa uh, from the great friend that I made in Brazil and whom I had the, the, the honor uh, of meeting on several occasions. Comrade Chris is a person, very, was a person, very well synthesized by Fidel Castro in the figure of the integral man. What would the integral man uh, for Fidel? He would be a kind of human being with immense national, social, and universal consciousness. A high culture, he would be above small feelings. Communist, he's a man ready to serve humanity, humble, generous, but also sagacious and a great, great strategist. I mean, for another historical epoch, where new social, so new social relations of production will produce real human beings and not what we have seen before us. Human beings built in a, in a, in a, in a, in a in likeness of financial capital, small, selfish people, incapable of feeling the, the pain of another human being. The question remains, even in the midst of human decay, resulting from the moral decay of capitalism. Can there be integral man beings among, um, among us? Uh, this is a question. Yes, 
Lenin, Patrícia Lumumba, Ho Chi Minh, Joe Enlai, Kim Il-sung, Thomas Sankara, Another's War, War Integral Man, Fidel, Fidel Castro, of course. And Chris Matlaco must be, uh, must also be part, must also be part of uh, this list of heroes of humanity. He was a great leader, leader against the South African Nazis named Apartheid. He was a great patriotic leader of South Africa and, uh, uh, there is still fighting for its national liberation and he was the living embodiment of that type of kind of militant whose patriotism manifested itself in the form of uh, humanism and love of humanity. A humanist at heart, Chris Matlack was one of the most complex complex human beings human beings, beings had, that I had the honor to know. I speak here on my own before I speak here now uh, on my own name uh, on behalf of the Central Committee of Communist Party of Brazil. In a personal, in a personal point of view, I, I met Comrade Mitt Chris in the year of 2009 during the Congress of the Communist Party of Brazil, held in Rio de Janeiro, where I, where I live now. I remember I was impressed by the man with a high cultural degree. We walked through the streets of Rio de Janeiro for hours where we could exchange expressions about, about our countries and the world. We discovered many things in common between our two countries. I remember uh, telling him that the song Nikos Sikilele in Africa was one of the, my great inspirations for the political struggle. I cry listening to this beautiful song, and I cry again, and I will cry again for remembering this great comrade. When, when words fail, let the heart speak. Chris Matlaco will live in our Our, in the hearts and souls of, of, of us. Thank you. Thanks very much, um, uh, 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 Elias. That was uh, really very nice. Um, I should say before going on to the next speaker that uh, Clinton and Zala from Telesu would have been with us, but he's suffering from the flu, so he sends his regrets. Uh, so then I will go uh, uh, on to the next speaker, which uh, uh, who is um, Abayomi Azikwe, uh, who is the editor of Pan-African Newswire. He's a graduate of Wayne State University in Detroit uh, uh, with degrees in political economy as well as organizational and administrative studies and has worked for several decades with various liberation movements. Uh, and, uh, and progressive governments in Africa and the Caribbean and other parts of the world. He serves as a geopolitical analyst for various satellite television networks and other press agencies internationally. So, Abayomi, please go ahead. Thank you so much, uh, Radhika. And uh, thank you again uh, for inviting me to participate uh, in this very, very important webinar. I just wanted to speak uh, briefly on uh, Chris McClacko's Legacy in regard to the struggle for national liberation and internationalism. South Africa, the continent, and indeed uh, the international proletariat has lost a dedicated fighter for freedom, 
economic justice and peace uh, with the transition of Comrade uh, Chris McClacko. Comrade McClacko uh, was known around the globe as a selfless cadre in the struggle against national oppression, economic exploitation, and imperialist war. As a high school student, uh, he was a member of the Congress of South African Students, COSAS, which played a pivotal role uh, during the 1980s and early 1990s in the monumental campaign that eventually led to the elimination of the apartheid regime and the realization of the democratic breakthrough in 1994. During 1985, uh, Comrade McClacko was disappeared uh, by the South African police for many days, where he underwent torture in an effort to discourage his activism. Nonetheless, he continued his work, joining the African National Congress and the South African Communist Party. He rose uh, through the ranks of the SACP, becoming a member of the Central Committee and being elected as the second deputy secretary general of the South African Communist Party. Cuban solidarity was a major focus of his work in South Africa and internationally. The Social Society in Cuba has been subjected uh, to a draconian blockade by successive administrations, both Republican and Democrats, in the United States. Every year, the United Nations General Assembly votes overwhelmingly to abolish the blockade, placing this demand uh, within the mainstream of world public opinion. Since the 1960s, the Cuban Revolution has contributed immensely uh, to the national liberation movements in Africa and the building of socialist-oriented states. During the period between 1975 and 1988, Cuban internationalists fought alongside the popular movement for the liberation of Angola, the MPLA government, the Southwest Africa People's Organization, the SWAPO, and the African National Congress to defeat the racist South African Defense Forces, which resulted in the withdrawal of apartheid troops from Southern Angola and the independence of the Republic of Namibia in 1990. In this same time period, there was the release of President Nelson Mandela and other leaders of the ANC, the SACP, and the democratic movement as a whole. The people of Africa continue to pay tribute uh, to the role of President Fidel Castro and the subsequent Cuban leaders uh, for their historic and ongoing solidarity work with the African continent. Now in 2023, uh, there remains the threat of imperialist military intervention in the African Union member states. The United States Africa Command, AFRICOM, was established in 2008, ostensibly to assist post-colonial states in enhancing their national security capacity and the burgeoning so-called war on terrorism. However, over the last decade and a half, since the deployment of AFRICOM, the security crisis in Africa has worsened. There is the reemergence of military coups in several West African states in response to the presence of insurgent groupings. The present situation in the Republic of Sudan is a clear example of the political impact of U.S. policy in the North and Horn of Africa regions. The strengthening of the military apparatus in Sudan by Washington and its allies has further marginalized the popular forces uh, which have engaged in mass demonstrations and strikes 
since December of 2018. The people of this oil-rich and geostrategic state are demanding a genuinely democratic dispensation. Comrade McClarko was a critic of AFRICOM and stated clearly in an interview with United World in September of 2021 that the imperialist military command structures should be removed from the continent. This demand echoes the popular sentiment of the workers and youth in various states, uh, particularly in West Africa, where demonstrations of solidarity with the Russian Federation and its special military operation in Ukraine have taken place over the last year. I just want to quote briefly uh, from this uh, interview uh, that uh, I mentioned uh, from United World International. This news website quoted uh, Comrade McClacko as saying, quote, these military coups are not the answer to the challenges that confront the continent for a host of reasons. First, most of the militaries on the continent are extensions and or appendages of the military ethos of the West. They are trained and funded by former colonial and imperialist elements that continue to seek a presence on the continent through various ways. This is in pursuit of the economic objectives and goals of Western multinational corporations seeking to exploit the rich mineral wealth of the continent, unquote. In other comments in the same interview, Comrade McClacko went on to emphasize, quote, that Biden and his administration have continued AFRICOM on the continent. It suggests he and his administration are not committed to redesigning the relationship with the continent. AFRICOM and its military positioning do not suggest cordial relations, but a dominant and military power, unequal power relationships, applying coercive force and subjecting the continent to the dictates of the imperialist powers. Biden must withdraw and disband AFRICOM and accept the sovereignty of the nations of the continent. Balanced trade and other relations must be allowed to flourish between countries of the continent and the rest of the world. And the people of the continent must be allowed democratically uh, without uh, the influence of the West engage their challenges and decide on their trajectory and political project. The West and North America must be just another international partner that the continent can engage without being coerced through illegal and unilateral uh, sanctions and the so-called war on terror, unquote. Very, very powerful words uh, from uh, the comrade. South Africa today is facing a growing crisis of relations with Washington involving two major issues. The position of the ANC government, led by President Cyril Ramaphosa, has maintained a non-aligned position in regard to the Ukrainian war. South Africa, along with the majority of the governments and peoples around the world, want a negotiated settlement to the Ukraine situation, as well as a global security framework which recognizes the emergence of a multipolar world. This view represents a repudiation of U.S. imperialism and its foreign policy imperatives. This attempt by the U.S. to dictate the terms of international relations for independent states in the global South and even beyond uh, seeks to determine the nature of relations between South Africa, Russia, and the People's Republic of China. 
South Africa held joint naval exercises with Beijing and Moscow earlier this year, very much to the chagrin of the Biden administration. Earlier this month, uh, which represents uh, on the 25th of this month, the 60th anniversary of the formation of the Organization of African Unity, which is the predecessor of today's African Union, the U.S. ambassador to South Africa charged Pretoria with selling arms to Russia. Although the Ramaphosa administration has denied these claims, the reality is that South Africa is an independent sovereign state, which can make its own decisions in regard to political, economic, and military affairs. Even with more than six and a half decades of independent struggles on the continent, the U.S. is threatening South Africa with economic sanctions over the arms sales allegations. These developments illustrate the importance of the work of Comrade Maklako and the national liberation, anti-war, and anti-imperialist movements. We must continue to advance the ideas for which he fought so gallantly. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you so much, Abayomi, for reminding us, as Margaret also did, about this very critical aspect of uh, Che Matlako's work on AFRICOM, on, on, on opposing U.S. imperialism in Africa and expanding the relations of Africa with the, with the anti-imperialist countries, particularly China. So that's really great. Um, I, 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 we were supposed to have Carlos Ron earlier and he's here now, um, taking a break from some pressing diplomatic duties. So we will have him next. As most of you likely know, Carlos Ron is Venezuela's deputy minister for foreign affairs for North America. And he's also president of the Simon Bolivar Institute for peace and solidarity among peoples. So, Carlos, please go ahead. Thank you very much, Radhika, and, and uh, I'm glad to, uh, very honored to, to be part of, of this homage and with, be with so many uh, dear comrades. Uh, I, first of all, you know, I, I will not uh, repeat what many of our, our, our comrades have already mentioned, describing uh Comrade Chess' life and and his commitment. Uh, I can only stress uh, how important it is for internationalists throughout the world to have him as a reference point of what we you know we wish to to be like and what we uh, are are proud of having uh, you know being able to have met him and and share with him. Uh, so. First of all, just, you know, my, my condolences, of course, to his family, to his friends, to his comrades, to the South African Communist Party. And, you know, in, on different occasions, he came to Venezuela. I was able to meet him and I was rapidly impressed by, by his meditation and, and his keen understanding of the Venezuelan process. You know, he knew it well. He knew it well from his origins. He talked to us about the importance of the Caracas in 1989, so you, you, you saw there was a person that that studied the Venezuelan uh, uh, struggle, and and that that just shows commitment beyond uh, just expressing automatic solidarity. It was somebody that wanted to learn from our struggles, to understand them better, and <laughs> to support them better. Um, so you know his his position was firm against neoliberalism. His position was, was firm in support of President Chavez and in support of President Maduro. And he was someone that I that I could say, you know, we could come to and to hear his wisdom and, you know, his understanding of the difficulties 
of a government, a revolutionary government, uh, and, and the difficulties that we face uh, to build socialism and also uh, to build it in the middle of constant attacks from imperialist forces. Comrade hesitate to join the campaign against the illegal and criminal U.S. sanctions against Venezuela. And as a student activist himself, once against apartheid, Comrade Che was always very interested in having us increase uh, the exchanges between the youth of Venezuela and the youth of South Africa in a way that both our youth can learn of each other's struggles and of each other's history and strengthen, uh, you know, our unity and our comradeship. Uh, the last time, actually, that I spoke to him was precisely on that. We were thinking about uh, creating some uh, brigades of exchanges between our youth. And hopefully, you know, now more than ever, it's, it's important that we do so and that we maintain that commitment. Again, his solidarity was not only uh, known to us in Venezuela, it was known to Cuba, to Palestine, and to many other of the just causes around the world. He's definitely one of those voices from South Africa, from revolutionary South Africa, that both comforted us as well as rallied our conscience to keep in the path of socialism, to keep in the path of anti-imperialism, and of course, of internationalism. I have to say um, that I, I, am, I am sorry I was not able to meet him earlier and learn more from his wisdom and his integrity but I am very glad that I did when I did. So thank you for this opportunity and long live Comrade Shea. Thank you so much, Carlos. That was great. Um, and so now we go on to our final two speakers. Um, the First, we will have Baman Azad. Baman is the Executive Secretary of the U.S. Peace Council and coordinator of the No Basis Coalition. He's also the author of Heroic Struggle, Bitter Defeat, factors contributing to the dismantling of the socialist state in the Soviet Union. So, Baman, please go ahead. Thank you very much, Radhika, and thank you for inviting me to this important gathering to honor our dear comrade Chris. Uh, it, his his uh, passing was really a tremendous loss for me personally, but if you allow me, I I'm going to read the joint contribution of the World Peace Council and the U.S. Peace Council in honor of our dear comrade, Chris Vantelko. The passing of comrade Chris was a tremendous loss for both the world communist movement and the world peace movement. He was not only a close comrade, but a very dear friend with whom we had the honor of working closely at the World Peace Council Secretariat for more than 15 years. Comrade Chris was a true internationalist a steadfast anti-imperialist revolutionary, a dedicated fighter for peace, and a relentless combatant for the liberation of the peoples of Africa. As, as a longtime member of the Central Committee of the South African Communist Party, he had served as SACP's second Deputy General Secretary and was the party's international relations secretary at the time of his passing. He was also a member of the African National Congress and participated in the mass democratic movement as an activist and a leader. Comrade Chris had joined the South Africa liberation struggles as a student, actively participating in the student movement to fight against the apartheid system. 
Comrade Chris joined the Secretariat of the World Peace Council in 2008 as a coordinator of the newly created South African Peace Initiative, SAPI. As a leading member of the World Peace Council and in his capacity as the WPC's regional coordinator for Africa, Comrade Chris contributed decisively to the analysis and positions of the World Peace Council regarding Africa with his profound knowledge and class-based analysis. He was highly respected and appreciated in many African countries for his anti-imperialist and anti-colonialist positions. Comrade Chris always paid personal attention to the case, to the cause, to the case of the just cause of Western Sahara and the right of its peoples to self-determination. He also championed and was firmly committed to the cause of the Palestinian people and had a strong sense of solidarity with the socialist Cuba, which was always in his heart and mind. Comrade Chris worked closely with our comrades at the WCPC Secretariat and played a key role in organizing our very successful conference against anti-US NATO military bases in Dublin, Ireland in 2018. As a WPC Secretariat member, he worked hard to restructure and strengthen the WPC's presence and active role in Africa. Prior to his illness, he had agreed to organize in South Africa a regional continental meeting for the WPC. But unfortunately, his health problems did not allow him to proceed with his plan before the 22nd Assembly of the World Peace Council in Hanoi. The World Peace Council is planning to hold a similar meeting in Africa in November 2023, which will be dedicated to the memory of Comrade Chris Che Martelko. Comrade Chris was repeatedly re-elected as a member of WPC Secretariat at every WPC Assembly, including in absentia at the 22nd Assembly of the WPC in November 2022 in Hanoi, which he could not participate due to his illness. Both the WPC and the USPC strongly feel the saddening loss of Comrade Chris and remain fully committed to following the anti-imperialist pro-peace vision that we shared with him throughout this time. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you so much, Baman, for reminding us of, of uh, Chris Matlako's peace activism, which was a very good overview of that. Um, and I mentioned that um, uh, Camilla could not speak. She's indisposed, but she has shared in the uh, chat that Chris would be commemorating Nakba Day this weekend, the 75th Nakba Day, uh, because he was always very active and outspoken in support of Palestinian resistance, as Baman also pointed out. Uh, so finally, we have among us um, uh, uh, Chris Matlako's uh, childhood friend and longtime comrade, um, as well as the um, uh, uh, the uh, uh, provincial secretary of the SACP, Dr. Norman Shushu. And I'd like to give him the floor to say a few words to us. So please go ahead, Dr. Shushu. Thank you very much. Uh, to the international manifesto group for giving this honor to comrade please chair matako an internationalist and revolutionary of note 
a comrade who dedicated his entire life to the struggle of the people of our country and the world. And I think much has been said already about Chris's contribution. And on behalf of the family, we'd really like to appreciate um, the fact that Comrade Chair Mataku has been honored in this manner as an internationalist, as an anti-imperialist activist, as a person who cut his teeth in the struggle against apartheid, subjugation, and colonial dispossession. Uh, Comrade Chair, as has been indicated, uh, was one of the sons and daughters of the soil from this part of our country. As we speak today, uh, and we honor his memory, we are speaking right from the home where Chair grew up. We have Chair's mother, here, his brother, as well as Patti Kedas and the rest of the Matako family. And we really want to appreciate the role that he has played internationally and the fact that he's been recognized in a manner that he has been by the International Manifesto Group. We ourselves are products of Comrade Chair. We've been, uh, we've been brought up in this revolution. Uh, we've, we've learned a lot from Comrade Chair uh, as an intellectual, as a revolutionary from this part of the country. He taught us that the struggle for socialism is not only a struggle that can be engaged in South Africa, but it's an international struggle. And he believed that in order to pursue that struggle, we need to build strong people's organizations, a strong alliance of all progressive organizations, as well as strong international solidarity network. He taught us that the party must be intimately linked to the masses and be guided by the masses, absorbing from them the great advancement of the National Democratic Revolution, as well as to build socialism throughout the world. Capacity to strictly apply its discipline in keeping with democratic centralism, not a lackluster and free-for-all organization. A party that is permanently open to constructive criticism and self-criticism and in building the organization of the party in our country and in particular in our province because he's a former provincial secretary I took over after him, that we prioritize the building of a repository of cadership informed by the analysis of the concrete material conditions peculiar to the Northern Cape in South Africa. He impressed upon us that cadres of our party must carry out our dynamic task of being in contact with the people at all times, transmitting concrete guidelines and marching in the front ranks, which was one of the, 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 the motors we had communist cadres to the front. Comrade Chair emphasized that party cadres must be first in study, first in work, first in revolutionary enthusiasm, and first in sacrifice, and that party cadres must be more purer and more humane at all material times. And just like Compañero Che Guevara, 
Compañero Che Matlaku understood that revolutionaries are guided by great feelings of love. It was love of men, love of humanity, the desire to combat the distress of, of the proletariat, the desire to fight poverty, injustice, suffering, and all the expectation of the proletariat that gave rise to Marxism. Comrade Chris, like other revolutionaries, believed that a Marxist must be the best, the fullest, the most complete of human beings. He gave up his hours of rest, his personal comfort, his tranquility, and he gave up time with his family, his partner, his mother, his siblings, his children, in order to pursue this international struggle, this anti-imperialist struggle, and a struggle to bring about a better and more humane society. I think it would not be an exaggeration to say that his international solidarity work is unparalleled as far as most of us in South Africa are concerned. In fact, we think he's the most advanced internationalist, proletarian internationalist. He was able to link all solidarity groups across the globe, which included, amongst others, the Swaziland Solidarity Network, as was indicated, the Western Sahara Solidarity Forum, the Friends of Cuba Society, the Zimbabwe Solidarity Forum, the Free Burma Campaign, the Palestine Solidarity Movement, the Kurdish and the Bolivarian Revolution in Venezuela. And we have vivid memories where Comrade Chair, um, before the advent of social media, organized uh, in solidarity with Cuba, a hands-off Cuba campaign in our small city of Kimbali in the most popular street called Jones Street, where nine to ten of us were demonstrating and people were wondering, they didn't know what Cuba was. We're broadcasting hands of Cuba. And that was the understanding of Comrade Che. He built a strong solidarity movement in his own hometown of Kimbali and Halishewe and his township of number five and made the Northern Cape to be one of the most active uh, structures of the Communist Party as far as international solidarity is concerned. So indeed, we will miss this revolutionary. Uh, the pain of losing him cuts very deep. And we appreciate the Matako family for having given him to the rest of the world in order to press to pursue this anti-imperialist struggle, this pro-peace international movement. And in conclusion, we want once more to express our appreciation to all our comrades internationally for acknowledging and paying tribute to Comrade Che. And may the revolutionary spirit of Comrade Christian Matako, the radical anti-imperialist intellectual, the proletarian internationalist, the grassroots activist, live on. Long live the spirit of Comrade Long live. Thank you so much, Dr. Shushu. That was really an important perspective to have, and we are very privileged to have you among us today. So thank you very much. Um, yeah, that, that brings us to the end of the, uh, of the speakers that we had on the program, but I'd like to invite anyone who would like to say a few words from the floor. Uh, if you'd like to, um, would you please, uh, raise your hand or, or use the raise hand function, uh, if you like. Would anybody like to say anything? You. Yeah. Anyone? Um, Russell Harlan, please go ahead. 
Thanks, Radhika. Um, I just want to say it's been a really great and inspiring event for someone who's only really been introduced to Chris Matiogo since the, the International Manifesto group set up. Um, just to hear all the, the contributors speak so highly of him and to be inspired by him, um, it, it's just fantastic. And I think um, someone like, hopefully we can all sort of carry his work on to the next generation and keep the struggle going. So thanks very much for another great event. Uh, thank you. Um, anyone else would like to say a few words? We have Comrade Chris, brother Comrade Pritumelo to Mankis Matlako also to say just a word of appreciation. Please go ahead. Uh, <clears throat> good evening. I would like to take this opportunity to thank you all for nurturing tutoring and mentoring our brother and for his contribution to world peace, especially world peace and his inter- internationalism. Our mother, my sister, and my cousin also wish to thank you for paying tribute to my brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I would say that the privilege was all ours. Uh, so, uh, and, and thank you to the family for being here. Thank you very much. Um, any other speakers? If not, what I propose to do is if we may please hold a moment of silence, a minute of silence, and think about Chris, and then I'd like to say a few words and bring this meeting to a close. So um, can we please have a minute of silence? Okay, thanks very much. And I think, I guess I can do no worse than uh, bring this to a close by saying the following. Um, people, it is said that people who, people may pass away, they may leave their, uh, their, 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 their mortal, mortal body, uh, but they live on. They live on in the deeds um, that they have engaged in, what they have done, their accomplishments, and also in all those whom they have touched. And judging by the tributes today about all the things that Chris Matlako has done, the many, many fields in which he made a contribution, the hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people that whose lives he has touched, often quite uh, closely, uh, I would say that uh, Che Matlako has a lot more living to do. Certainly in the International Manifesto Group, we feel that he was one of us and he will remain among us as a guiding star. So thank you all for attending this, for sharing our tribute with us. 
And uh, we hope to see you all again very soon. Thanks very much. Bye-bye.